Welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Kachanov, and I am ready to talk herbs, Edwina Von Gaal, and perhaps, yes, perhaps, a new stance on orange and chocolate today. I know it's crazy, we'll get more into it later, but... Um, I want to start off by saying, how are you? (laughs) How is everyone? Happy Tuesday. Um, I am recording on a lovely Sunday afternoon. I have an iced coffee. It's a homemade iced coffee, but what I will do, a hot tip, this little like pro tip for me, um, that might work for you, um, to kind of convince yourself that you're like actually having Starbucks when it's just like a homemade coffee. I had Starbucks yesterday. And I saved the cup, I washed it out, and then I made another iced coffee today, and I just, like, poured it in the Starbucks cup, so it makes me feel like... I really honestly think... Because when I make an iced coffee, like, just in a glass, it never tastes the same. But there is something about it simply just being in the Starbucks cup that makes, like, tricks my brain into thinking that I'm actually having Starbucks. I guess it also depends on the quality of coffee, too. But this is all to say... It's iced coffee season, and that makes me really happy. And I am still eating so much Easter candy. We have so much left. I had a couple pieces before recording, and because, I mean, chocolate goes so well with just like a little iced coffee afterwards. So I am caffeinated and full of sugar and ready to talk about this episode. But before we get into that... (laughs) I just want to let everyone know about the good news that happened last week. I don't know if everyone is aware, but I am here to spread the good news. (laughs) So last week, heaven opened up, and we learned that, yes, Ina will be teaming up with none other than Stanley Tucci to kick off the 2021 Julia Jubilee, which is an annual celebration of the life and legacy of Julia Child, One could say that I lost my mind for a good 10 minutes as I ran around my house, sort of (laughs) like digesting the news of it all. My friend Jess uh, was the first to send the news, and I was in a tizzy, and I have been in a tizzy ever since. Okay, so here are the details. Um, There's an organization called Cherry Bomb. Um, They also have social media. It's Cherry Bomb, all one word, but it has an E at the end of it. So every year they host... um, like I said, the Julia Jubilee, and this year the, like, I guess, you know, like the headliners, whatever you want to call it, are Ina and uh, Stanley, and it's sort of like the kickoff of the virtual event, Um, so the actual virtual kickoff itself will be on April 22nd, um, which is, you know, we have some time to, you know, think about it, digest the news, and maybe, you know, find an outfit (laughs) to celebrate, even though we won't be on camera, but it's always nice to look nice. I mean, we could pretend we're meeting Stanley and Ina for all I care. Um, So it starts at 3 o'clock, which is kind of a problem (laughs) for most of us. I mean, would I love to maybe take some PTO on Thursday and just, like, tune in? Maybe I will. Who knows? I don't know. Um, But I will also say, uh, yeah, it's like 3 o'clock is not the best timing for it. I don't know why it's at 3 o'clock. It's 3 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Thursday, April 22nd. Fine. 
it's, it's if that's the only time that they were available, that's also fine. So in order to kind of be a part of this, you do have to buy a ticket. Um, and I know that might be the end of the road for some, but I will say I've done the research for us all. If you go to www.cherrybomb, and that's cherrybomb with an E, uh, .com, it'll kind of show you a couple screens. It'll say like, like Stanley and I are the first people to pop up. And then there's like a couple links. It says like, get tickets now or something. I think it's like almost like a donation tier. It's like you... $10, there's a $10 ticket, a $25 ticket, and a $100 ticket. And I think that no matter which option you use or choose, that you'll it still all accomplishes the same uh, purpose, that you will be a part of this virtual event with Stanley and Ina. So I think it's kind of almost like uh, if you have the money to donate $100, great. If you just want to do the, the minimum $10, which is probably what I'll do, um, then that's our ticket in. Quite literally. So I'm thrilled. I'm hoping that I can make it happen. Uh, it's really a dream come true. I can't wait to see these two amazing humans together. And I was thinking, I was like, I wonder why they got Stanley Tucci. But it makes so much. I mean, besides the fact that everyone just loves Stanley Tucci, he's like a nas- national treasure at this point, really. And he has that show on, oh, which it's a channel that I don't get. It's like basically him going around, like traveling through Italy. And I wish I had access to it. So I think I probably could if I searched hard enough to find it. I feel like it's on Discovery Channel. It's like something that you wouldn't think it would be on. I wish it was on the Food Network. That would be a steal. But um, I, so I think they're going to talk about that. They're going to talk about cocktails. Because if you're not following Stanley Tucci on Instagram, good Lord, get yourself to Instagram. He's I mean, he's so handsome. Like I just think he's he's everything that I want to be. It's like Ina's everything I want to be, and so is Stanley. So the (laughs) fact that, like, both of them are together is just, um, like I said, it's just too much to comprehend. But it is happening. But um, what was I saying about Stanley? Oh, he's he makes cocktails. Like, that's his sort of, like, quarantine gig, sort of. He's been, like, um, his wife. His wife is actually Emily Blunt's sister. Isn't that crazy? I would love to, oh, gosh, like, imagine that Thanksgiving of just, like, Stanley Tucci and his wife, Emily Blunt's sister, who I don't know the name of, and then Emily Blunt and then, like, John Krasinski. Ugh. I mean, I need to be at that Thanksgiving. We need to find a way to make that happen. But, um, so, yeah, he's he's really into cocktails, and he's so, like, charming and, dare I say, like, brooding and sexy as he makes these cocktails. It's just, um, it's a joy. So go and check that out. Um, if you don't have Instagram, I'm sure you might be able to find it elsewhere, but I'm just so thrilled. I, I want this, you know, I talked about that in the Melissa McCarthy episode about how I kind of wish this is like the start of something, whether it's like a live thing or a virtual thing. I know just hanging out with celebrities that we want her to hang out with. And this, I think I put that out into the universe and, um, I made it happen. So you're welcome, everyone. Let's, I, I think we just need to keep this manifestation of Ina hanging out with celebrities like who do we want to see with her next I didn't even know that I needed this and it it just kind of got dropped in all of our laps so um I've been celebrating all week and I hope you will will as well I'll see you at the jubilee everyone um and and what I'll do I'll put a link in the uh the episode description uh to get details for the cherry bomb uh Julia Jubilee extravaganza 
So now let's change gears here and dive into this episode. This is a good one. I love Edwina. I think she's such like a kooky, cool, calm and beautiful like energy and like spirit. And I love seeing that kind of guest. I remember the first time I saw her in this episode, I was like, it's so interesting that Ina is... It's not interesting that Ina's friends with her. Like, uh, that sounds dumb to say. But, like, I, she doesn't really fit that sort of East Hampton um, mold, or at least the mold that we would imagine. You know, sort of just like the waspy white woman who's just, you know, chilling. Um, anyway, I but I also think that the, the energy she brings to this episode and just, like, what she does is really cool to see in the Ina Garden sort of universe of Barefoot Contessa. So let's get into it. So Ina starts out the episode, she says, Edwina van Gaal is the most wonderful garden designer. Not only did she design my garden, but I feel really lucky to count her as one of my dear friends. So today, Edwina is bringing me a big box of all kinds of fresh herbs in it, and I thought I would return the favor by making her a box with a wonderful dinner. Which sounds lovely, honestly. Like, that's a fair trade in my book. And in that box dinner is lobster cob salad packed into a roll, brown rice, tomato, and basil salad, individual orange chocolate chunk cakes. Oh, and that's the last one. I thought there was one more thing. I don't know why. And individual orange chocolate chunk cakes. That is a tongue twister. Say that 10 times fast. Oh my gosh. Speaking of saying that 10 times fast, last week with the episode in the episode with Christian, by the way, wasn't Christian fabulous? That story of him meeting Ina is just like chef's kiss. It's really just lovely and it was so nice to talk with him about Ina but the one thing that I want to mention or forgot to mention and Christian I'm sure you might have had this in your notes too is when um they're serving the 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 cake and Ina's like um she's like double chocolate fudge cake and she's like say that 10 times fast (laughs) and then David the boy and I think his name was David right yeah uh in the episode was like chocolate fudge cake chocolate chocolate fudge cake he started saying it like a broken record but no one was paying attention to him he just like started saying it but like the other three women or two women plus lily were just like ignoring david but it was like such a weird moment that they kept that on camera because he was like chocolate fudge cake double chocolate fudge cake, and he like went into this like (laughs) fugue state it was so funny um so i'm glad i remember that because that bugged me that i forgot to put it in the original episode last week anyway um Yes, so she is making individual orange chocolate chunk cakes. They're like these little bunt cakes. They're really cute. Um, And that's actually the first thing she starts making. So here, I got to say this up front. I may be having, uh, I almost said like second thoughts, or um, I may be evolving. I know that um, one of my, you know, go-to, not go-to complaints, but... um, things that I don't really love is orange and chocolate together, but I would try these cakes. I I think I would... Well, let, let me just talk about it. We'll get into it. So she starts out by zesting some oranges, and she tells us how much she loves oranges with chocolate, as we already know. And, you know, the majority of the world does, except for me, but I think this is uh, a turning point here. So... The cake itself, she's already creamed the butter and sugar together, so she adds a few eggs and lots of orange zest, is what she tells us. And then she sifts some flour, some baking soda, baking powder, and some salt, you know, all the usual suspects there. Um, And then she adds a quarter cup of orange juice, buttermilk, 
vanilla. And then she does warn us that it's going to look a little bit curdled because she uh, kind of, I think it's a great tip too. She mixes all the wet ingredients in the, like the glass Pyrex sort of thing. So she, you can just dump it in. Um, so she alternates the dry and wet ingredients and then she, um, and after the batter is made, she says, finally, the reason we were making this cake, chocolate chunks, uh, she decides to chop her own chunks, uh, and she adds about a, uh, I think a cup of the chunks into the batter. And she said she usually makes this batter into a bundt cake, but she thought it would be great to make individual sort of like baby bundt cakes. And she goes into her whole like, I've said it, I feel like a handful of times on the podcast, the the idea of she's like, I love things to be individual. It's almost like a cupcake, because at the end of the day, we're all children and one our own, <laughs> which uh, I do agree. I think there's something as, as far as transporting uh, desserts or just like having everyone's own portion is... Uh, Ideal, I will say. Uh, so next she brings out this uh, the silicone baking mold. I, I think this is like, now that I see them everywhere, but maybe back in the day this was um, something that was sort of new to the scene, I guess. I feel like I've seen a lot more of them since this episode of air- has, has aired. Um, but, <laughs> but Ina's like completely smitten with them. She says, look at these things. They're fantastic. She's like, it looks like something NASA developed, but I'm sure that they didn't. And they're just basically like a red silicone mold that has like a bunt cake shape. But they're, as I said before, mini bunt cakes, which is really cute. Um, so after that is when we first meet... Edwina, Edwina von Gaal. So Edwina looks like, if I had to, she looks like Madame Hooch from the Harry Potter movies. I think it's played by Zoe Wanamaker. I feel like she's only in the first movie. She's basically like the Quidditch, I don't know, what does she teach at Hogwarts? I'm like testing my Harry Potter trivia. It doesn't matter. Anyway, um, so she looks like Zoe Wanamaker, aka Madame Hooch. Um, and if you close your eyes, Edwina sounds exactly like Ellen Burstyn. She has this, this sort of like, almost, it's not a shaky voice, but it almost feels like she's on like the verge of tears all the time. I don't know how to describe it, but if you know Edwina well enough, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and she's such a cool lady. In addition to like designing Ina's entire garden, which really like, I think everyone can agree is the most beautiful garden of all time. <laughs> I mean, from what I've seen in episodes and just like other one-off YouTube videos, like garden tours, like it just really is an oasis of like beauty and like herbs and flowers and just other plants like that. And Edwina is responsible for it. So thank you, Edwina, for giving our, for giving Ina, you know, this beautiful garden. And in addition to all of that, I do want to say that she is on Instagram, if you'd like to go follow her. It's Edwina, E-D-W-I-N-A, and then V-O-N-G-A-L. And in her Instagram profile, it says uh, that she is a semi-retired landscape designer now focusing on issues related to sustainable land management. And she's also the founder of a nonprofit called the Perfect Earth Project, which promotes chemical-free lawns and landscapes for healthy people. And if you're interested in any of that, you can go to um, www.perfectearthproject.org to find out more information. Edwina, she's killing it. Um, but in this episode specifically, she's finishing up. We we meet her as she's finishing up painting the boxes for herself 
and for Ina, uh, basically almost like a mini herb garden. And I'd have to say, I don't know, it's probably like maybe like three feet by, I don't know, nine inches or something like that. It's a really cute box. And she's painting hers like trans, almost said translucent, but it's, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not translucent. Chartreuse is the word that I'm looking for. I don't know why I, translucent and chartreuse were like the same word to me then. I don't know. My brain is working weird today. Um, so she's painting her. She's making one for herself. And then she's also making one for Ina. Um, and she picks this like beautiful shade of Ina. <laughs> beautiful shade of Ina. Beautiful shade of blue that reminds her of Ina. And it's called, or at least what she calls it, Greek Shutter Blue. Uh, it's just perfect. It looks like everything that Ina represents like wrapped in that blue color it's it's really cute um I love the idea of this I love herbs I'm excited that spring is kind of here and that summer's on the horizon and Kian and I will slowly start to choose our own herbs if only we had Edwina nearby that could just bring us one but um we're quite far away from East Hampton so next we're back in the kitchen and the bun cakes are done and Ina holds one up and she's like, you know, sometimes they come out a little lopsided and I would trim them up to even them out if it was a formal event. But since this is a more earthy one, I like the way they look now. I mean, earthy in every possible way, really. I mean, if that would be the first word that I would describe Edwina as is earthy. And I, I agree with you, Ina. I think they're perfect as is. So speaking of maybe not perfect as is. This is the one thing I would probably leave out of the recipe just because I feel like there's already enough orange in it. Again, <laughs> this is like just my opinion. She makes like an orange, like an orange, like sugar syrup glaze to put over the, uh, like to kind of drizzle on top of the cake before she puts the chocolate ganache on. And I know like everyone's like, Nick, that sounds amazing. What's wrong with you? And I know, um, it's basically orange juice and it's like a quarter cup orange juice and a quarter cup of sugar. And she doesn't drown them by any means. She drizzles, uh, she drizzles it over the cake. And then she does comment that this will work better if it's a little bit warmer because it's almost like, you know, the cakes like pores are more, or, are like more open when they're warmer. And it, I, it's fine. It's fine. Um, but I would probably leave it out. I don't know why. I just feel like it would just be like saturated, but maybe that's the point. Maybe I'm just being picky. Who knows? But one thing I really admire and love and appreciate about this is the chocolate ganache, uh, which is, of course, half cup semi-sweet chocolate chips, some heavy cream, and then she also puts a little bit of coffee powder. She says if you have espresso powder in it, that's also fine. Uh, yes, it's not, I could, you know, bathe in chocolate ganache and not bat an eye. So I fully support this. So she says, I'll stir it until it's melted and then drizzle it over the cakes. Mm. <laughs> she gives that like knowing glance. Um, so then she does just that. She drizzles it over the top of the cakes and it does look good. I will say like between the chocolate chunks and the chocolate itself. And, and I think the orange zest within it is just like subtle enough. I think that's why the sugar, the orange syrup glaze is maybe too much for me. I don't know, but I would try this. I really would. I think I might enjoy this. Um, I'm coming around, everyone. Orange and chocolate. I mean, this might be the, uh, I guess I've just never had the right chocolate and orange dessert, maybe. I'd rather have like a cake rather than a piece of chocolate that has, that has like orange infused into it, I guess. So there's that. Um, 
what next? Um, Ina says, uh, mm, I think Edwina will really love these. But then again, who wouldn't? And that's kind of the end of that uh, section. And speaking of Edwina, we go back to her just for like a little bit of like a rundown of what she's putting in these herb boxes. Um, so there's some thyme, there's oregano, some rosemary and some lemongrass, which is lovely. Um, I would never think to grow lemongrass. Maybe that'll be one of the herbs or I guess that's more of like a is lemongrass an herb? It doesn't... What would you call that? I guess it would be an herb, because I'm thinking of like a green onion or something like that. Either way, it's an aromatic, we'll call it. Um, but they look lovely, and Edwina's doing a stand-up job. Um, and then we go back to Ina. She is making the basil, tomato, and brown rice dish. I will say I was surprised that this was not like... I wanted her to like kick it up a notch. It's not that it was basic, but like the brown rice just looks so, I don't know. I wanted like farro or quinoa or something like that. I think that could have really taken this to the next level because it's it's really just brown rice, tomato, and basil. So, I mean, the, vi the vinaigrette, which I'll talk about in a second too, like also gives it some pizzazz. But um, those are just my, my initial thoughts. Um... And before she starts making this, uh, Ina just comments on Edwina. She said she's kind of like a grown-up hippie and does a lot of, and does like a nice organic thing is what she said. It's like, I wonder how often they, it's just like, it's not that they're oil and water. Like they seem like two lovely women, but I just like wonder how often they see each other. You know what I mean? I feel like Ina wouldn't want to get her hands dirty as much as Edwina does. But anyway, Ina starts making this tomato basil brown rice dish, and the tomatoes look succulent. They are picture-perfect tomatoes. Um, she says that they're Israeli tomatoes on uh, on the vine, and they're really just, I can't get over how, like, <laughs> like the perfect shade of tomato red they are. Um, so she cuts some of that up, and she starts to make this vinaigrette. I cannot spell vinaigrette for the life of me. It's still spelled wrong in my notes. Let me do, like, a little spell check. I think if I was in a spelling bee right now, I would not know how to spell it. It's V-I-N-A-I-G-R-E-T-T-E. -T -T -E. Ugh. In my mind, it should just be, like, the word vinegar and then E-T-T-E. <laughs> vinegar et um but it's not anyways but this is a lovely vinaigrette um she starts with some champagne or she says if you have a white wine vinegar two teaspoons of sugar i was watching this with keon and he was like appalled that that was even a part of this <laughs> um some olive oil a pinch of salt and some black pepper and that's pretty much it so she um she pulls out the brown rice again it looks fine, but I would love some farro or something. Some other sort of grain would have been lovely in this, I think. Um, she puts in the tomatoes and then the basil. And I would say, like, to use Einer's words, like a nice right, a nice rough chop with those uh, with the basil. She adds that this is something that can be served at room temperature, which is also great. I love something that you could just like kind of bring to a picnic and not like worry about it like sitting in the sun or anything within there, if there's meat or anything like that. So I'm all for a, a room temp classic. <laughs> uh, and then she packs them up in, you guessed it, Chinese takeout boxes. She's like, I just go to the Chinese restaurant and just ask them for them. I wonder if they just like give them to her or does she have to buy them? Because I feel like you can buy them at like Costco or something. I don't know. I'm not going to put too much thought into that. 
Anyway, after the break, we have the... Oh, that's the other thing. Did I mention the lobster cob salad? When I first... I don't think I did. Lobster cob salad. Oh, I did. I did. Sorry. That was the first thing that I mentioned in the episode. I don't know where my head is today. Um, also, I did not even tell you all <laughs> the name of this episode, which is season six, episode three. I think it's called Supper in a Box. I am so out of sorts today. I'm recording this up on the third floor of my house, and there's only one window which I keep shut, and it's kind of a warmer day, and especially the third floor gets a little bit toasty, so maybe the heat... The heat is getting to me, so I better finish up here. Um, so the lobster cob salad. Yum. I love any, I love lobster, um, and this is sort of a play on a... Uh, like a lobster roll, but uh, with like the volume turned up, we'll say. Um, And she said this is the thing that she makes or has made or, you know, currently makes more than anything else in her cookbooks, which I think I find that interesting. Um, She's chopping up some, I mean, speaking of picture perfect again, these picture perfect avocados. I don't know where she gets her avocados from. They are beautiful. They are, she says the best avocados are the house avocados from California. Um, which I agree, they look beautiful. So she squeezes some lemon, um, and she has she has avocados all over her thumb as she squeezes the lemons, <laughs> and it stays there like throughout the entire segment. Um, so she chops the cooked lobster, she's like chopping it up, and the avocado is still on her thumb. And she, I mean, it's like, <laughs> really, it's like giving a new meaning to green thumb here. Perfect episode for that, Ina. Maybe it's intentional. Um, so she chops up some cherry tomatoes in half. And then this is what drives Keon crazy too. She reaches into the salt and pepper, like, what do you call those? They're just like little dishes of salt and pepper that she has on the counter. And her fingers are like covered in avocado. And she uses like the same fingers. There's like bits of avocado, like getting into the salt. Um, even like, I'm kind of a messy cook. I will say that. But even I try to be conscious, mostly because of Keon, um, of like, what is on my fingers as I dip into like the salt and pepper, but also who cares <laughs> at the same time? I'm sure like, I don't know how it works, you know, like behind the scenes of what they choose to show or what they shouldn't show. But I think over the years, like, I think that would not happen anymore. I think they would say like, Hey, Ina, you actually have like avocado all over your thumb. So maybe let's, let's like clean that up. Who knows? Um, so next we go back to Edwina and she is finishing up the boxes. She just says, she kind of like has them side by side and she's like, okay, there's the chartreuse and there's the blue. Let me just make sure that we made the right choice. And then she looks at the blue one. She's like, definitely the blue. They look great. And then she just kind of smiles. Um, so back to Ina, who is making a vinaigrette for the lobster cob salad, which is lemon juice, olive oil, Dijon mustard salt and pepper pretty simple um she puts the vinaigrette on the tomatoes and the lobster and she says she's going to save the rest for later because she has more ingredients to add which happens right after the break after the break she adds the avocado to that and then shows us her bacon hack where she actually bakes it instead of frying it which i find interesting like there is something therapeutic about frying bacon just like kind of standing there and like but also Bacon can be messy and crazy and like sputter all, like all over your hands as you're trying to flip them. So like I agree. First of all, I've never tried this. So if any of you listeners have have done the bacon uh, or like baking the bacon rather, let me know because I I'm sure in my mind it just won't be 
the same. And I'm sure it's not, obviously. When you bake something and you fry something up in a skillet, it's always going to be different. But I've said in the past, too, that I love sort of like fatty bacon. And I feel if I if I bake it, it's like on that little like rack. That's probably like a half inch like tall that she puts on like the baking sheet. I feel like all the goodness would just like drip off of it. And I would be really sad about that. So if anyone has done it, let me know. Um, what's next here? We have, okay, well, it was good until this steps. She's adding blue cheese to it. Um, a nice Stilton that I have in my notes. Uh, she ruined it. And I, I mean, I would probably substitute it with like, I don't know. Would a feta go well with lobster? I mean, I would want some sort of cheese in here and it wouldn't be blue. I'm sorry. I've tried it and I still hate it. I think it's tastes like gym socks. I don't know why. Um, so and in addition to all of that, she adds, of course, last but not least, a handful of arugula. And then she kind of piles it on these uh, little rolls, like a lobster roll. It's it's really cute. And um, she tells us again that she loves the idea of everyone getting their own portion. She's like kind of like a kid at the birthday party getting their own cupcake. And then she says, I'd say this is a mother-in-law salad. If you make it, she'll love it and love you. And I just feel that that's, I guess it just speaks to like a difference like era, I guess, like the term mother-in-law salad, like, yeah, we always want to impress our mother-in-laws too. But like, I feel like it's just like, in like a 1950s, like informational video, you know, like, or like a a recipe book, or like someone tells you at like church, like, oh, it's definitely a mother-in-law salad, like make that and people will go wild over it. Um, Which was interesting to me, because I don't know if I've ever heard her say that in another episode too. But um, I just thought that was an interesting sort of phrase for her to use but I guess it was important back in the day to impress your I guess it still is important to impress your mother-in-law and and to make something in my mind the definition of you know a mother-in-law salad would be something that really seems like a lot of work but really isn't but it also like is a home run every time you make it am I wrong everyone chime in let me know um do mother-in-law salads still exist in your vocabulary? I'm I'm interested. So next she wraps up uh, the the lobster rolls like two by two. Um, she's kind of wrapping them up for Edwina at this point. She wraps it up perfectly. She has like this perfect little way of like rolling the parchment paper. It's uh, I guess it's it's like just like how she would probably make it at the Barefoot Contessa. It's really like in a neat package. Um, she puts everything in a bakery box, like a cake box almost, and she boxes up everything else and just like puts a little bit of like, uh, I don't know what you would call it. It's not twine, but it was like something like really earthy, like a brown sort of string to package it up. It was really cute. Um, so next is the exchange. Uh, it's the last thing that happens in this episode. Edwina shows up. I don't really like these evening exchanges. I don't know what it is about that that makes it more... Um, I just want to see, like, Edwina and Ina's house, I think. Like, the porch exchanges, like, at night always seem so rushed, I guess. But um, regardless, Edwina shows up, and she shows Ina the box, and Ina's, you know, over the moon about it. There are uh, bay leaves. I didn't know you could... I mean, obviously, I knew you could grow bay leaves, but I've just never seen them, I guess. Um, she also has some sage and the lemongrass, which we talked about earlier, and Ina says, and since you brought me herbs in a box, I thought I would give you dinner in a box. And Edwina's like, oh, Ina. And then they just kind of, 
Um, Edwina says like a couple things. She's like just telling her about the box, but it's just like, you know, chit chat, I guess. And uh, then they both go on their merry way. And that's the end of the episode. It's a lovely one. I don't know if Edwina ever shows up again. This might be her sole episode, I'm thinking. But either way, I believe it is time to wrap up this episode. So thank you again for listening. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can find it on Instagram and Twitter at GoodVanillaPod. And you can also send me an email at GoodVanillaPod at gmail.com. And I wanted everyone to know that I have made a Facebook group for The Good Vanilla. It's very searchable. Just type in The Good Vanilla. Easy to find. If you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you want to know where to get more of me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Kuchanov. And you can find me on my other podcast, The Best Supporting Podcast, every week with Colin Drucker. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time.